Hey there, sacred friend. You're listening to the Crystal Shaman Life Podcast, and I am your host, Lori A. Andress. This podcast is a place for you to press pause on the busyness of your day-to-day life and reconnect with your authentic self. It's a place to discover your voice of inner wisdom and to become the courageous creator of your adventurous, vibrant, and spirit-filled life. In each episode, we will get raw and real exploring how to bring crystal medicine, ancient spiritual practices, ceremony, ritual, and soulful travel into your everyday life. Grab a cup of tea, light a candle, get cozy, and let's dive in. Hey, hey, hello, my sacred friend, and welcome back. Welcome to this episode of the Crystal Shaman Life Podcast, and welcome to the part three episode of this series on soulful travel. Mm. I hope that you've been enjoying this and that you've been finding some inspiration and ways to begin connecting more intimately with your local area and with the land, Um, you know, and being inspired to actually even do that. I know that for some of you, you're all, well, for all of us, we're in different places. We all have a different relationship. And so wherever your relationship is at, know that it can continue to develop. It can continue to expand and grow. Um, There are just infinite ways that we can deepen into our relationship with the earth. And um, my hope and intention with this series is to inspire you to get out, to enjoy nature and enjoy your sacred life. Yes, my dear friend, you are amazing and you have a sacred life and you are on this incredible physical place of earth for a reason. And part of that is to literally enjoy what earth has to offer, the abundance, the fruitfulness, the um, the beauty, the unique landscapes, the different places, to get to know it, to create relationship, to be engaged with it, to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what this series is about. Yeah, really is. Okay, so, you know, this, this episode today, this the topic of it is really about what do you do when you get there? What really happens next? You know, the planning piece is so much fun in my mind. I love to plan the trips. I love to uh, learn information about places. I love to look into them. I love to uh, decide how we're going to make the adventure, plan the route, you know, take, like doing all of those things are really, really fun for me. Like I can get lost in watching people's YouTube videos and their videos visits there and um, I can get lost in looking at maps and <laughs> and mapping out a route I know this is this is where I get kind of geeky um, but when it comes to the actual event it's like you know it's like uh, it's like when we plan these big events in our lives and then we get to that point and then all of a sudden maybe it just doesn't play out in the way that we kind of had scripted it in our mind and so I want to invite you as you're just you know like dropping into this idea of planning sacred sacred escapes and um, being you know, like stepping into that soulful traveler aspect of yourself 
that things do not always go as planned. And I know this is kind of a kind of a little bit of a downer, but we're going to just acknowledge this right away and get it out of the way so that um, if you so that you have a heads up if you get there and it's kind of a downer and um, like I'll give you some strategies for how to work through that, okay? And how to just kind of shift your perspective. So um, so I want to talk about uh, one of the the recent trips that Chris and I took out west, we went to we spent a good bit of time near Mount Hood, um, Hood River, and uh, that whole like uh, that. Uh, Columbia River corridor um, from Portland to the town of Hood River. And we just like we it was like we found ourselves just kind of traveling that like general region over and over and over and over and over again. And we couldn't quite pinpoint, you know, what is it? Like, why are we here? Like, we really enjoyed the landscape. We enjoyed what we were seeing. We were enjoying the scenery. We were enjoying the people. We were, I mean, we were having a really great time. So, um, but, but it kind of surprised us. It wasn't what we were expecting. And we really wanted to visit Multnomah Falls. So we went there. The first time we went there, there was no place to park. We, we couldn't find a place to park. And I think we had our camper in tow. So we couldn't find a place to park. So we knew we had to come back. Well, then we came back. And when we got there, um, there were so many people. We just couldn't get a clear view of the falls or to sit and really be present. And it was kind of like, oh, gosh, we came all this way a second time. And we're still not really experiencing them in the way that we thought we would. So we just kind of stepped back and we did what I've learned over time, which is to to go during the off times. And um, summer is a peak season for people to be visiting things. And there are peak times when people go out in floods. And that usually starts at about 10 o'clock in the morning and it goes till almost sunset um, with a couple little gaps in between. So what Chris and I have found is that going out super early in the morning, um, we kind of beat the crowd and we can have some of those quiet moments and nature, animals, um, the the earth, it, there's a different vibe at that time because it's kind of an energetic in between and it's quiet and still and we get to see animals that tend to kind of hunker down during the day when there's lots of people around. So that is what we did. We finally planned a third visit and we got there at a time when it was really early. Now, I had also kind of planned that I would be bringing crystals along to this spot. And each time when we came and we were we were ready to like go visit, it was like Nope, crystals need to stay in the car. Nope, crystals need to stay in the car. So, um, so it was really interesting because I had this like fantasy or idea that I would photograph some of my crystals at Multnomah Falls, and they didn't want to be photographed there, or the falls didn't want to show up with the crystal. I'm not really sure what the what the dance was or what the you know either way was, um, and it's really okay. Um, Ultimately, we we got to have a have have a moment with that beautiful space, and um, more than a moment, uh, have some time with it and just be reflective and and be you know quiet and still with it. So, you know, some being flexible, being um, 
giving yourself permission to step outside of what you've created as a very well-structured or organized plan um, and letting yourself find a flow, let that location support you in finding a flow is going to be really important. And, you know, I think often we think we can plan that ahead, but we can't. We really can't. We can't We can't really organize those details until we actually step into that particular landscape or that particular site, whatever, wherever we're visiting, because it has its own energy. And it's inviting us to make some shifts within and experience life differently. It's supporting us in some aspect of um, cultivating a new relationship with ourselves and and with the earth. And that is going to require a little bit of listening and presence and patience and flexibility and willingness to go with the flow, which is exactly what Multnomah Falls did for Chris and I. We we both realized um, the type of uh, experience we wanted to have there and it wanted to have with us and we adjusted to create an opportunity for that to happen mm-hmm yeah okay so you know once you get to a sacred spot I'm a I'm a really big fan of oh just right away making an offering talking to the land I know that sounds kind of silly it sounds kind of woo-woo but what what do you say? <laughs> We've been talking about a lot, a lot of woo-woo stuff already, so let's just add that one in there. Talk to the land right away when you get there. Say hello. Call the place by the name that it's been given. That's okay. Um, and say hello. Greet it. Let it know that you're happy to be there. You're happy to visit it, and um, and that you're and tell it why you're there. Hi, hi, Multnomah Falls. I'm here to visit you. I'm here to connect with you. I'm hoping that um, I can connect with that energy of being able to free fall ah, and be in complete surrender in my life. Whatever your intention is, you know, um, Multnomah Falls is a ginormous waterfall. And to me, when I think of it, I think of this in, in incredible free fall that the water experiences um, and the way it flows down and then it just creates a massive splash at the end it's just it's incredible <laughs> so um, so that's what you know my mind is is coming to mind right now but whatever your intention is why is the what is the reason tell that place why you're there tell that place what you're hoping to experience together. Tell that place how you're desiring to know yourself and to know life a little bit differently. Yeah, there is no, like when it comes to creating relationship with uh, Mother Earth, we need to let go of our like woo-woo radar, the part of us that wants to shut down in response to it and, um, and just be present. Okay, the next thing is that I love to make an offering. That's the that's the next thing that I love to do. Now, an offering can be that I start whistling or I start singing a song, or if I've got my flute, I pull it out and I, I play the flute, or if I've brought some seeds along that I want to offer to the earth or some crystals, I'll lay them down someplace. Um, when I was in Peru uh, working with 
one of the medicine women, um, Vilma, Vilma, <laughs> we, we, uh, we got some place to a sacred site and we were going to step out. We stepped out of the bus and I gave her some of my water. And she, the first thing she did when she took hold of my water bottle is she poured it upon the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't dismiss some of these simple things that we can do um, when when we arrive someplace. Leave a little water. Um, Adolfo, who I've worked with extensively, he offers um, red wine or white wine. He makes an offering of that to the spirit of the land when he arrives. Um, begin to get to know what are some natural offerings that you can do and make when you arrive at a place that won't be um destructive to the environment yeah we talked about that a lot a little bit in the last episode when we talked about preparation gathering together all of your sacred items and sacred tools and whatnot um you know really be mindful of the space be mindful of the landscape uh we we when we leave an offering we are leaving an offering that is opening deeper relationship, that is supportive and nourishing for the earth. And um, we don't want to be destructive in any way, okay? And uh, leaving, you know, leaving a big altar or tying something to a tree, that can be, um, that, that's, that's, yeah, let's be subtle. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. The next thing that, uh, Oh, we want to do is just, you know, like if you're there and you're you're heading out for a hike or you're heading out to just like have a picnic or to just sit and meditate, you know, go and go ahead and do that. Find your little spot that's kind of tucked away um, in a, a little spot and, and let yourself just enjoy, um, enjoy being there and enjoy the experience of being there. I like to bring a journal along, even when I'm hiking and on a trail. Um, I I have a little travel journal, and when I say little, it's like half of an eight by eleven sheet of paper. It's still pretty big. Um, to many people, that's a, it's a big journal, but but for me, it's like half the size of what I normally work with. So, I like to bring that along when I'm on a trail, um, and I slip it in a bag. And in my bag, I have my flute, my journal, I have a crystal. Um, I often bring a little bit of sage that I might crumble up and you know offer to the earth, blow some, use my breath to blow some intentions into it. Um, you could bring tobacco. You could bring um, like a little bottle of water that you're gonna, you know, pour some water out, or um, perhaps even a, a little bit of wine that you're gonna leave as an offering. Um, wine is tends to be symbolic of the blood of Mother Earth. That that's the reason for wine. Um, so if you're kind of going, hey, why is she talking about wine? <laughs> that's what I'm referring to. Okay, um, so. You know, I bring those things actually with me on the trail. I, I really try to um, to keep my sacred items with me as I'm moving around and stuff like that, because often I'll find while I'm out and about a little spot that I will want to just kind of sit down and be quiet and be still. And um, you know, like I often just look for a big old rock that I can sit on and be present in the woods with, or a nice, you know, open area, open grassy area where I can sit down and maybe I'll throw a jacket down on the floor, on the ground, or if I brought along my cloth, um, my Peruvian cloth that I just love for 
for um, sitting on. I'll lay that down and just be present within that space. So what do you do when you're just being present? Yeah. Well, if you're a meditator and that feels natural, that's a great time to do that, to meditate in nature. Just sit and meditate. And if you're not a meditator and you're kind of like, hmm, what should I do? You could have brought along, um, you could bring along uh, your your oracle cards. Um, do a little divination. Or maybe you have um, something that you've been wanting to read about. And maybe you bring that book along and you read. <clears throat> Or maybe there's a crystal that you've been wanting to just hold and get to know a little bit more intimately, um, that you've been wanting to discover a little bit more about. You could spend a little time with that. But ultimately, I think the biggest thing I wanna emphasize here is to encourage you to disconnect from technology as much as possible. Now, I always carry my phone with me because it, to me, it feels like an element of safety. I often go out alone and um, I, it, it just it, there's a security safety connection thing that feels really good. Um, but I really try hard not to hop on online while I'm out in the woods or not to answer calls or let myself be distracted in that way. I really try to focus in on being there, being in that moment, in that space. So some of the things that I pay attention to and I want to invite you to pay attention to are things like the animals or the trees, or the plant life that's growing or not growing? Where are aspects of this space um, feeling abundant? What are some of the rock formations? What are, uh, you know, I know these are kind of big questions, right? And they're really simple and obvious, but what happens when we begin to create relationship with Mother Earth is that we begin to open up this uh, space for becoming a keen observer of nature. And we, we get to refine our observation skills because through our observation, and when I say observation, I mean use all of your senses. Observe through the sense of smell, taste, sound, um, uh, <laughs> touch, um, all of, like just be fully, fully present. Let all of your senses be awake and be present in nature. Let your intuitive senses open and connect. And let this be a space where you invite in insights, deeper understanding and connection. Insights and deeper understanding, sometimes we think that that needs to come really fast right away, right? Like we think that we need to um, uh, fully understand and translate and interpret the, the bit of information that comes through. And when I say bit, I want to emphasize that because sometimes it feels like a bit, but it's only in throughout time and our willingness to receive that bit that that actually grows and expands and we, we deepen our understanding of it. Um, as we are out and about and we let ourselves deepen our, um, our relationship, we, we have this opportunity to, um, to grow and 
get to know what the, the little message was to gain deeper understanding. So for example, like say I'm out and um, there is a, uh, we'll say, um, oh wow, yeah, um, I'm thinking about an owl right now. Um, say there's an owl that is out and it's kind of an unusual time to spot an owl. Um, but he's out and he lets himself be known. He makes sure that I see him. Well, that is going to be incredibly curious for me. Now, if I were out on a walk and I spotted an owl, I would pause and I'd just stay with him for a little bit. Yeah, and I would just kind of notice what else is happening in the woods in that area. What else is going on? And then after my outing, uh, I would do a little research about Owl. And maybe, you know, during that moment with him, I would ask, hey, do you have a message for me? And hey, this is why I'm here. Do you have any insights? Talk with him. I know. Here we go. Talking to the animals, talking to the land, talking to the crystals. I know. <laughs> I do talk about that a lot. Um, but really, you know, let yourself just talk. And um, even if you feel like, oh, am I just making this up? Am I making up that answer? Let yourself feel like that. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. Um, but most often we can tell if we're not making up an answer because it sounds, it may come in a different tone of voice. It may come in a different phrase. It may um, be organized in language that we don't use on a regular basis. Um, and that's, those are some of the ways that we can begin to know, um, begin to recognize that it's not our own voice chattering away, that we actually are receiving the message or the words from um, from an animal or from a stone or from a tree, um, for that matter. So it's kind of funny because Chris and I, every once in a while, um, I'll, we'll be out somewhere and we'll see an animal and um, one or the other of us will do like a little voice impression of like what we think it's saying. And like, we'll just kind of do, it's like kind of the spontaneous thing like that we say like, and uh, there'll be a tone of voice that comes out. Like it just comes out really natural. And it's funny because the other person will be like, oh my goodness, that's exactly what I was hearing in my mind. And, and we kind of laugh because, um, yeah, okay, there's a connection between he and I, right? There's that, that's obvious. But there's this other animal that my guess is it probably really was... Um, was expressing what was vocalized by one or the other of us. So so let yourself trust. <laughs> I know that's not easy. It's not always easy. And if you're going, hey, I, I don't really trust myself, Lori, I challenge you to trust, to, ex to shift that language and um, begin to just open the doorway to the possibility that it is okay to trust your own intuition. It is okay to trust yourself when with receiving messages. Um, it is okay to uh, connect with, with the spirit of animals and nature and plants and, um, and crystals and stones and landscape and begin to open that door so that you can begin to create a new relationship with those places. 
Um, the other thing, you know, I talked about how sometimes, you know, there's like a, there's crowds of people or it's not the right time to come. Um, and you may need to come back or it rains, um, or, you know, something unexpected happens and, and the, the, the travel just doesn't go exactly right. You know, let yourself just go, okay, for some reason, this wasn't the timing to go to that, that particular spot, but when is it? What is, and what is the message that wants to come forward? Um, very often, you know, we can get into that, hooked into that place of, really, you know, kind of unraveling, but let yourself just step back and, um, and shift your lens from disappointment. And just again, go back to that DeWitt Jones phrase of what is here to celebrate. Yeah, what's here to celebrate? What's the bigger message? What emotions are coming forward for you? Is there, um, is this a time for you to just slow down and rest? Maybe, uh, maybe this visit is about spending time in your car. Maybe the rainy day is inviting you to become comfortable being outside in the rain. Um, maybe find, you know being comfortable with getting a little wet and you know being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. All of that stuff, you know, like there that we have these ideals and most of our ideals about life have to do with perfection. And the perfection is actually found in complete, utter imperfection. And that is truly the divine, like amazing, joyful stuff. Think about the um, the most interesting tree in a woods is not the one that is straight and like fully upright and have it has these perfectly balanced branches. It's very often the one that is like uh, disproportioned. Maybe it has one reaching branch that everyone wants to go and sit in. Think about you know, what are some of those imperfect places and experiences that are incredibly rich? And what is the the medicine or the insight or the wisdom that the earth is offering through that? What is being offered to you as medicine, insight, wisdom, as you're on your journey to this sacred place? Yeah. All right. So with that, um, I would love to hear about your experiences, where you go, what you do, what places have been intriguing you, and um, what have been like really, oh gosh, just lighting you up. And um, share them, share them with me either um, e- either over on in our Facebook group, um, Crystal Shaman Life, uh, or over on my website, lauriaandrus.com. Um, this is linked into a blog post, share it in the blog post. I'd love to hear your comments. All right. I wish you an absolutely beautiful day. I wish you many abundant, joy-filled, nourishing, inspiring, sacred travels. Bye for now. Hey, sacred friend. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Crystal Shaman Life. If you like what you heard and you'd love to hear more, subscribe to our station through iTunes. And you can help others find our station by giving us a couple stars, a favorable review, and sharing with your friends. I wish you a beautiful day. Shine brightly.